0: Well, let's jump into the top twenty-five here while we wait for people to bounce in and out. And, Of course, uh, big shout out to those that are watching and listening uh, out on our normal podcast. We thought we'd maybe get with the times here, Nick, and <laughs> try to jump in. Um, Where am I? Twitter Spaces. What is
1: this tweeter? <laughs> I don't I don't. Is MySpace a thing anymore? Who's shooting your top five? Yeah.
0: I was trying to put this up on MySpace, but it just didn't work out. Uh, let's talk about the uh, top 25 ESPN's power rankings. Let's go from the back to the front because surprise, surprise, Alabama's going to be at the end of this tunnel here. Uh, Weird, they, right? <laughs> uh, Alabama preseason, I number one for the ninth time. Um, but we start at the back with the BYU Cougars who are just always hanging around here, and with teams leaving conferences, Uh, they've been one of the teams that are starting to capitalize on some of those empty spaces. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think joining the Big 12 is going to be big for them. And, of course, they have a huge game, really not too far after the start of the season. they got to face Baylor on September.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look at BYU's schedule, a team that perennially, you know, finds their way into the discussion for a New Year's 6, a a discussion um, towards uh, the the New Year's Day bowl games, or at least what used to be New Year's Day bowl games. We've moved them all around now. Um, But you look at BYU, (laughs) I mean, you've got a schedule that features four preseason top 25 teams. Baylor on the 10th. They go from Baylor to Eugene to take on the Ducks, which is a brutal back-to-back game. And then they get a little time off and then they go and they play Notre Dame. And I mean, if BYU is going to finish top 25, uh, they're going to have to get this offense going early and find a rhythm. And I think they have to go two and two in those games.
0: Well, they went ten and three a year ago, and I think certainly BYU can improve from that. Um, you know, when you look at this Big Twelve and you look at the Pac twelve, it's just like will they ever be taken seriously again? They, you know, these are two conferences that really kind of beat up on each other mm-hmm. and, and take themselves out of the national hunt. Speaking of um, looking around, they have Houston, the Cougars, at number twenty four, who. Really had a great season. Clayton Tune uh, at the quarterback is, is certainly somebody that people are are maybe talking about making an impact at the next level.
1: Yeah, and you know that that AAC, all the conference moving around. Um, Houston, twelve and two last year, and boy, Scott, um, I think Kent is talented, and I think can make some noise. This is a team that cannot afford to lose a game. They have no preseason top twenty five ranked teams on their schedule their best opponent might be at smu in november um might be at eastern at east carolina in november but there are no ranked teams there there's no more cincinnati um so houston's got to go 12 and 0 and, or, and and has to make it impressive if they're gonna uh, get into the discussion for that new year's yeah,
0: and that's the tough thing right you we're all of the conferences are piling together. The power fives really becoming the super two, uh, here yeah. at some point. And when the, when your toughest or biggest impact game on the schedule is here in Dallas on November 5th against SMU, that tells me that schedule is just not going to get it done. Uh, if you're thinking about a playoff appearance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at 23, Texas Longhorns, who, any poll in any preseason polls kind of getting stubbed a little bit, um, and I guess when you go five and seven a year ago and really have had uh, nothing to write home about since Colt McCoy, and you know, that feels like a decade ago, and maybe it is. It is. It actually is, Scott. But and once I'm again, played for the Browns a decade, always Thanks, undefeated, man. right? Yeah, always undefeated when the season starts.
1: Yeah, the, and, and they've never lost a game. They just ran out of time. Listen, Texas is is in and has been for a while. I'll say this about them. They've got Steve Sarkeesian as head coach, somebody who I've always been a big fan of. Um, And don't forget, this is the place where uh, uh, we had the big transfer from Ohio State, Quinn Ewers, a.k.a. the Tiger King. um, Freshman transfer from Ohio (laughs) State goes into Texas. Unclear. I think everybody has said that he's not going to be the starter this year. um, But for Texas, I mean – Hey, Texas, you, you, you get to start off, you play Louisiana Monroe, and then your second game of the season, you get a home game against the number one team in the nation in Alabama. Uh, you're going to find out a lot of, about Texas in that game. Um, obviously, they get, uh, they get the Red River rivalry at the neutral location, the Cotton Bowl. Um, they do play Oklahoma State on the road this year. They get Baylor at home. Um, just an interesting team in the sense of um, they have enough tests on there that we're going to find out pretty early uh, what – Texas is are they and can Sarkeesian bring them back to the the glory of the mid-2000s or is Texas uh, moving their way into perennial sort of hoping for bowl eligibility team
0: Uh, this is this is a team that you're going to have to see him on the field Uh, certainly the schedule is going to put them to the test not in the SEC yet but you talked about Bama uh, coming into Austin to sort of like all right, the big brother is going to come in here and see if you're truly ready uh, mm-hmm. to make the jump. The Texas Longhorns, but as usual, they have talent on the roster. Uh, and, and you talk about Sarkeesian, uh, he's probably the X factor. If they can mm-hmm. beat Oklahoma... They got a chance to make a move in the postseason.
1: And they did also bring in – they brought in Gary Patterson, former TCU head coach, as a, as a special mm-hmm. assistant. And this was a team that was woeful last year stopping anybody. They, they were absolute turnstiles. So bringing in Gary Patterson, who did such a great job, maybe one of the more underrated coaches in building up a program, uh, TCU coach. That, that perennial 10-11 win team and a team nobody wants to face. Um, bringing him in, that, that could be a big move for Texas. And if you're looking for a year that they could knock off Oklahoma, Oklahoma coming off of an offseason where they lost Lincoln Riley, a lot of transfers leaving from that one, this could be a year where we see Texas make a step
0: We'll have to wait and see, and I wonder how the uh, TCU Horn Frogs faithful feels about uh, Patterson being down there. Some that at one point took them to a rose bowl. Um, Money talks, and uh, Uh, and certainly Texas has plenty of it. That's something that they're not lacking. At twenty second, they got the Kentucky Wildcats, who, if you remember last year, uh, Nick, they were kind of in the SEC hunt uh,
1: for a little bit, and they were knocking off all kind of teams putting up a 10-win season. Yeah, they they were nice last year. Um, I think the biggest question mark with Kentucky is who picks up the offensive slack with Wondell Robinson going to the NFL draft. He was such a big part of their offense, you know, 115 target guy. And, (laughs) you know, all of a sudden you you lose your top receiver. Can they pick up that slack? Um, They get the benefit of a pretty nice opening couple games. They play Miami, Ohio. They play Youngstown State. They got Northern Illinois. They also go to the Swamp and play Florida on the 10th, which is going to be, I think, a, a, a nice test for them. But they only play three-ranked teams. They don't play Georgia till the second-to-last game of the season. They don't have Alabama on the schedule in the cross-SEC game. They don't have Texas A&M. They don't have a lot of these. So um, their only other-ranked game is uh, in the Grove. They play Ole Miss. Um, this is a favorable schedule for them for sure, but um, there's just a lot of unknowns with this team as to whether they can – make some of the magic that happened last year if they can find and rekindle some of that
0: yeah it's a huge loss obviously with robinson you talked talking about going to the big show now and, and what will will lewis who will be his next target that he goes to but that's the nice thing about the sec right i, I would schedule a bunch of cupcakes too if i was in that mm-hmm. conference for my non-con i wouldn't i wouldn't try to make any I mean, you're in the same division as the national champ, so Facts. Uh, the reigning national champ. Can they get past Tennessee? That's kind of been their uh, kind of thorn in their, in their side uh, late in October. Um, two states that back up to each other, don't like each other. You mentioned Cincinnati earlier. ESPN's got them at 21. Uh, just mm. had that one blemish a year ago. And mm. I don't know about this squad. I mean, Desmond Ritter was really – he was him. You
1: know he yeah. was that guy. He um, he was he was Himothy. um And this team again, you open up at Arkansas. It's gonna, that's going to be a fun game. Um, I just don't know if they can make up for all the losses they had. You talk about Desmond Ritter, their their senior starting quarterback, the the leader of their offense. But let's not also forget they lost a pretty good defensive player in Sauce Gardner as well, their number one corner um, to the NFL. Um. Those are two very big pieces. This to me screams uh, kind of a rebuilding year. And the weird part is though, because they go and they they play in the conference that they play in, you know, games out there. So the rebuilding year might still be a ten and two year. Um, but you know, I I do wonder how that defense bounces back, losing from losing Sauce Gardner. Um, how they bounce back? You know, who plays quarterback um, for uh, the Bearcats and whether or not they can make. Um, Make some noise again this year because again they just got there another one of those teams. You kind of got to go twelve and zero. They at least have the, I think the respect at this point that like if they go, you know, twelve and zero again, they'll be in that talk for the college football playoff. All that doesn't help when you get beat like you did, but I, I think they at least that if they do it again, they'll be in that conversation. They're not going to be immediately dismissed. I just don't know if they can get there.
0: Yeah, it was sort of their Swans swan song coming up to the AAC as well, but. I just think you talk about Sauce Gardner. I mean, they lost six starters on defense. Huge. Um, Not known as this. I mean, if if that happens to Alabama every year, but they are not Alabama. You know, Uh, at twenty, you have rebels Mm -hmm. who open up the season with Troy. Who don't ever overlook Troy. For some reason, they get all the players that Alabama and Auburn didn't get.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ole Miss, uh, another team uh, losing their, their starting quarterback last year, Matt Corral, to the NFL. Um, they bring in a USC transfer in, in Jackson Dart, um, who is supposed to slot in and start for them. Um, and Their X-Factor, Scott, it, it, they're the fighting. <laughs> Kiffin finds a way to get his teams going. Uh He's sort of done it his entire his entire career. He's a motivational guy. He's a smart coach if he um, keeps his mouth shut every once in a while. Um, this is going to be a, a fascinating team, and and I love how their schedule lines up with you know Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, no longer under the the triple option, and Tulsa. You know, for a team with a new quarterback, getting four games to get into rhythm without a high-pressure one, that's going to be such a benefit for Dart coming into the Kiffin season. And then they go and they open up their first true-ranked game. is a home game against Kentucky. They play A&M, Alabama, Arkansas back-to-back in the last, three of the last four games, which is brutal. But you at least get some time to get Dart into that system. This team's a bold team, and – uh, listen, if they're able to sneak two out of three away from A and M, Alabama, and Arkansas, you could be looking at the SEC championship possibility, depending on how the uh, the carnivorous pool that is the SEC shakes out.
0: Yeah, especially on the western side, uh, which is going to be even crazy um, with uh, Oklahoma and Texas. Let's move it on A- ACC. That. Uh, by the way, if you're, if you're hanging out with us, we're going through the ESPN college football power rankings because I don't believe in the AP or coaches or any of that stuff for a long time because you've done absolutely nothing to this point. Uh, they got the Pitt Panthers at 19. Um, it seems like we're going through a bunch of teams in the last couple that have lost guys to the NFL. We had yeah. Cincinnati, Desmond Renner, yeah. Matt Corral and Ole Miss. And now we got Kenny Pickett who's gone. Uh-huh. Uh, a pretty nice defense still there at Pitt. Yeah. Um and it's good to see them playing West Virginia, which is on the schedule.
1: Yeah, and and, and I listen, I've been a big fan of Pitt for a while. They've got um, former Michigan State defensive coordinator, Pat Narduzzi is their head coach, is a defensive minded guy. It's why the pit defense always finds a way to make their way into the top 20, 25 in the country. Um, and listen, yeah, they lose Kenny Pickett. Baby hands is gone in, uh, in Pittsburgh, but they bring in a pretty good replacement, a, a former USC quarterback and Keaton Slovis. Um, Slovis was really good in flashes at USC, had, um, some, freshman year um, this was a guy that you know a lot of people were sitting there going like could this be the next insert white quarterback that usc loves matt leinard carson palmer it doesn't matter they're all basically the same um, and sort of fell off a little bit transfers out this could be a fresh start for him um, for pitt it's always going to come down scott you know it's the acc it, it comes down to that matchup clemson can can pitt get I love the the West Virginia opening week game, um, but you look at their their schedule. Uh, they they actually they actually avoid Clemson this year, and they just end up with Miami as their final game. So if you want to talk about a year that Pitt yeah ACC right. in
0: that uh, in that non division yeah look uh, this year, so the top two will go uh, to the championship game. But you're right. I mean, at some point they're probably going to face Clemson. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to them, but I, I really think the NC State Wolfpack is going to be a problem this year. CC, yeah. mm-hmm. um, uh, great opening game though for Pitt and West Virginia. That'll probably be one I'm trying to catch there on, on the on the first of the month. Yeah, moving yeah. on to number eighteen in ESPN's power rankings. They wow. were nine and four a year ago. Uh, the West Badgers. Oh. You know a lot about this team. Always hanging around always a gamer two uh, for making something happen,
1: yeah, I mean Wisconsin is a fascinating team playing that that big ten west where they have you know it's it seems to be them and Iowa for that that uh, division win um listen Wisconsin is uh A team that's always going to be built on defense. Uh, They've got former Wisconsin standout, Jim Leonard, um, running the defense. He's done such a stellar job since taking over. Um, For them, this team is going to go as Graham Mertz goes. Um, Mertz has been, I think, generously called flashy. Um, I think not generously called streaky. Um, He's an up-and-down player. This is somebody who lost out quarterback jobs to guys. Um, Cone ends up transferring out. Mertz has been the guy. Um, And listen, for Wisconsin – you don't get an a a a, a one of those big 10 schedules where you end up playing from the east. You know, you you get some of the some of the lower teams, you get the Rutgers, the Maryland. you get Ohio State week four. Uh and you have to go to the horseshoe to play that game. I wish nothing but the best. I actually don't wish the best. As an Ohio State fan, I wish the worst. I hope you lose fifty <laughs> the Um they get Ohio State and the But you're always State, talk to talking about because
0: 'cause you're always you gotta be a little nervous town
1: because they yeah. muck up the game they the leonard brings yeah. out a defense that gets after the quarterback um they bring a defense that's going to put the pressure on you and their offense doesn't turn the ball over a lot it's a it's a ball control from scott from back in the ron dane days like this is just run the ball big 10 offense it's one of those games that your team leaves beat up afterwards you're tired everybody's a little banged up you're missing a couple people but you look at you look at wisconsin they have to go to go to Michigan State, who uh, last year was probably the surprise team in the Big Ten, took some big steps forwards under Mel Tucker, um, and they have to go to Iowa this year. That is not a favorable schedule for Michigan, but basically, if you're a Wisconsin fan, you are looking at Graham Mertz going, what are we doing, Big Dog? We, we're, are we competing this year? Is that what we're doing? They're coming up a 9-4 year, and that's disappointing for Wisconsin. At
0: number 17, ESPN's got the Arkansas Razorbacks, Risen from the dead. Where did they this come was from? Eighteen. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but it was bad. I mean, it was like Texas yeah. bad, and I mean, uh, former rivals uh, in Texas and Arkansas. But they they have a huge loss in Traylon Burks, mm. who was one of the most explosive players in all of college football. The schedule's not easy. Um, Auburn's out there, just always waiting to to ruin it, and game, though, against Cincinnati, who we just talked about um, here in the top 25, both of those teams, both Cincinnati and Arkansas are going to get a real test early and kind of see where they're at and, and what the season might be able to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and another another team that plays A&M in Alabama back-to-back, I don't know what the SEC schedule makers are doing, but they're just giving, giving that sort of fun out. Um, listen, they, <laughs> losing Traylon Burks is a big deal. I love KJ Jefferson. Like this kid's a, this kid's a baller quarterback. He's a dual threat guy Uh, ran for almost 700 yards last year. Um, a, a certainly a on the raw side as a passer. made some mistakes last year. Um, but now with a full year in the system, you know, I think they have a star there. He's, he's, he's fun to watch, but yeah, Scott, this schedule doesn't do them any favors. We're going to learn a lot about this team early on. Um, they're obviously, I mean, they're a bowl team for sure. Um, but I don't know. what you have beyond that? I think if you're Arkansas, you're really hoping to get near a New Year's Day bowl and and finish sort of in that that ten to twenty range. And I think you call it a successful season.
0: Well, KJ Jefferson, look for him three years from now uh, to be the backup quarterback that are in uh, Baltimore. Right. <laughs> he, he- He's that guy, or maybe even sooner.
1: Yeah, yeah, no kidding.
0: (laughs) At number sixteen, the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, Nick, are they finally back? I mean, they went seven and five a year ago, and all of a sudden, uh, behind Mario Cristobal, there is a huge amount of momentum uh, down in. I was going to say South Beach, but Coral Gables um, behind Tyler Van Dyke. That Miami. Uh, might be one of the, uh, like, Coastal Division kind of uh, favorites there in the SEC. Excuse me, the ACC.
1: Yeah, uh, Maybe a Floridian
0: slip there, by the way. <laughs> I, I might have. Yeah,
1: facts. They're getting there soon. <laughs> Scott, Miami is one of those teams that I feel like every year everybody goes this is a this is their year. This is the year that they, you know, make a run, and this is a 10-win team, and this is a team that's going to make some noise. And then they, you know, go out and lose their first game to Central Alabama, and it's like, okay, well, I guess never mind. Listen, I like Mario Cristobal coming in from Oregon. I also love they brought in um, Josh Gaddis, who was the OC at the uh, University of Michigan, um, did some great work with uh, Shea Patterson losing to Ohio State. Um, so big fan of Josh Gaddis. Um, but beyond that, like, here's the thing. I, they just this is a this is a they gotta prove it year. I don't know how much I believe in them. Um I think they might have found something at the quarterback position. He was he was great end of last year. Uh, Scott, I know you watch a lot of acc games. I mean, Miami back half of the year after the D'Eric King injury, they looked like a different team. This that team was correctly for the first half of the year and then all of a sudden this offense was moving they were making plays can they continue that momentum this year uh i'm I'm just with the hurricanes i'm like prove it man show show me
0: yeah i think anytime you get a first year coach or now being a second year coach it it takes a couple games right there's only so much that you can try to implement or have the players get through the, the spring and through the off season um but it started clicking there late and of course, there are big games on September. Texas A&M, a team that we're going to talk about, who kind of came out of nowhere. They were unranked last year, but A&M's going to be up there based on this uh, crazy recruiting class they had. But we're not there yet. Let's talk about your alma mater, the Michigan
1: State Spartans, coming in at 15 boy i do not know what to make of this team i still don't really know how they were so decent last year like it was it was a 11 and 2 for msu especially coming off of 11 and where they were a two win team in the in the shortened big 10 season um this is an interesting team again it not to be overshadowed and again, you know, we bring up the losses. Every team loses players. It's, it's college yeah. football. Nobody sticks around. But, you know, Michigan State lost their number one workhorse. The, the transfer from Lake Forest, Kenneth Walker, came in and was an absolute dog. Maybe the best running back Michigan State has seen since Le'Veon Bell. Um, yeah. Peyton Thorne, nice quarterback, more of a game manager, not going to excite you. They lose Jalen Naylor. Um, who was an electric outside wide receiver. They still bring back Jalen Reed, um, their top receiver from last year. I just – I get nervous when you your offense – I mean, Mel Tucker's offense was 20, 25, 30 carries for Kenneth Walker. Can they do that with two unproven transfer running backs? Can they do it with an offensive line that lost a couple pieces? Can they do that, or are they going to have to change their identity and move they get some breaks schedule wise getting ohio state wisconsin at home they will have to go to the big house and by the way scott they play ohio state wisconsin michigan all back-to-back weeks they get a bye week in between wisconsin and michigan which helps them but that is that's your season right there that three game season if they are going to have a shot at a big 10 title they have to go two and one and i really hope the two is not ohio state don't don't beat ohio state don't do that that'd be mean
0: i think it's worth reiterating the offensive line Six players that have played a game uh, in a college football game, so uh, and, they're going to have to grow up in a hurry.
1: And and again, let's not discount early season, September seventeenth. They have to go cross country to UW to play the Huskies, which is a team that is going to be. Oh, they're getting can, beat. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. I think they lose that game. It's so hard for a team early season to go east to west, and then they have to play a, a Washington team that. Is going to be in the talk for possibly It's a decent team, um, in a weekend Pac-12. So uh, I think it's going to be an interesting year for MSU.
0: Yeah, we haven't even gotten to the season. We've had some serious injuries already prior for Ohio State. Clemson's Xavier Thomas uh, out for half the season, probably. It's uh, I I get excited this time of year, but being in the NFL and talking college football. There's always some heartbreakers. Let's move on to number fourteen, the Oklahoma State Cowboys, um, about to be left behind, about to be one of the best yeah. teams in the Big Twelve. Based on teams leaving soon, um, it's going to be interesting to see if those teams that kind of didn't get the call, if they're going to play with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, they're in the Big Twelve.
1: Yeah, I mean. Uh, uh- Mike Gundy's. listen, this is a team that loses their defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles, goes to Ohio State, uh, take up the same position. Um, and this was a team last year that I think for maybe one of the first times we saw Oklahoma State really get known for their defense. Oklahoma State's always been that team that'll throw and and uh, put up 52 points and win the 52-49, but Jim Knowles had that defense rocket. They lose their D.C. They lose six starters from that D.C. Um, it's going to be a big year for them. On if their defense, how much does that defense step back? Um, can the offense pick up some of that slack? Um, they play Oklahoma on the road this year, and that's the second to last game of the year. That's going to be a big game. They do get Texas at home. They get Baylor on the on the road. Um, I, I don't. I don't know how much. It, it, we're going to learn a lot about them. Um, in that October 1st game against Baylor. Um, if that defense can stand up to Baylor, because they open up, well, they got Central Michigan, Arizona State, who is not going to be good. They've got Baylor on the road. If their defense puts up a fight there, I think this team has, has a shot to win, um, to be a dark horse team that can win this, this conference. But you know, if Baylor goes out and, 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 you know, de-pants them, like we're, we're talking about a team that's going to be fighting for full eligible. Yeah,
0: Uh, they do have some tremendous defensive. Oklahoma State, I think they're going to give a lot of teams trouble. Um, They can force some some sacks and force some uh, turnovers. I think Oklahoma State's got a chance this year. We, the Oregon Ducks at thirteen, are an interested Mm -hmm. team. Fascinating. We're going to find out right away. (laughs) Uh, They open up against Georgia in Atlanta at Chick fil A game and. And it's been a long time since been on top. Uh-huh. And uh, they were already going to show out, uh, but they might show up as well in that game. Bo Nix um, of Auburn fame, um, kind of right there with the Oregon Ducks, gets the face of familiar foe.
1: Scott, I kind of like it. I, I I don't know what it looks like yet. Uh, there's still a long time, a lot of practices there. But I'll tell you this: um, I might be putting some some money on the are gonna win that game at uh, against Georgia. Um, this is an Oregon team that is motivated. They've got a quarterback who knows Georgia and wants to go out and beat Georgia like he he could he couldn't do at Auburn. Um, opening games are dicey for every team. And this is a – don't forget – and we'll talk about them in a bit. Georgia lost a lot from their from last year. Um, oh, so yeah. This is a team They're all gonna, playing on Sunday now. Yeah, everybody's playing on Sunday. So, this is a Georgia team that's going to have a lot of new starters, a lot of new faces. I Don't be surprised if sneaks up and grabs them week one um, with Bo Nicks as QB. Bo Nicks, uh if you ever got to watch him at Auburn, um, flip a coin as to which Bo Nicks you got. Some weeks he was great. Some <laughs> weeks he was not. He's electric, though. Um, he's a four, he four man Johnny football. Games in the first so you, three I mean, you seriously don't know he what is. you're going to get,
0: right? Cause... He
1: is. He's he's, he's, he's fascinating, but the good weeks, he plays like a top five quarterback. That's how good he can be. It's just sometimes he gets all Jameis Winston where he just throws 800 picks. Um, they open up, even the first three weeks, are so two ranked teams, um, but then they don't play a ranked team until Utah at the end of the season. Uh, this Pac 12 is violated by the Big Ten. Um, Like, this Pac-12 is going to be bad in a couple of years. They still got them, but, like, uh, I I will be interested, Scott, to see teams like Oregon, teams like Stanford, do they go out and make statements when they play UCLA and USC? Like, are they going to go out there for their school and be like, all right, we're going to drop 55 on your head?
0: Uh yeah, I'm really excited as always to see Oregon play. Uh I think the biggest factor is just how they handle the lights uh there in the, you know. It, 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 it's it's a road game. Yeah. Uh, it's a glorified road game against the defending national champs and uh still not really sold on Georgia. Um as you mentioned they they lost a ton. Um kind of reminds me a bit of that LSU years back where it's like, "Oh man, look at all that talent." Um you know they beat Clemson in the national championship game, and then where where are they now? <laughs> kind of thing. Uh-huh. Uh, at number twelve, they got the the real USC, uh, Southern California, and this is where these preseason rankings are drive wild me nuts. Nick. Yeah, they drive me nuts. Four and eight a year ago, but hey, you get Lincoln Riley, and you get Lincoln, all of a sudden they're a top 15, top 12 team. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I do think, uh, you know, in that Pac-12, against that schedule, um, and they did get some nice transfers, let's be honest. And, and Lincoln-Riley probably is a bump. But is it enough to, to, to for a 10-win season?
1: I, I, I'm not sold. Yeah, I mean, listen, they they bring in – uh, Lincoln Riley who also brings in Alex Grinch, who was his OC at Oklahoma a couple years ago. Grinch left actually was OC at Ohio State um, and then came back. Um so they do upgrade the the coaching staff. They obviously get a big upgrade at quarterback. Caleb Williams coming in. I mean, that's a Heisman contender at QB coming over with Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. Let's not forget, they do lose a guy. I mean, I know he didn't play a ton these last two years, but they lose a guy in Drake London. Who was their top wide receiver? Um, they're certainly going to have some holes to fill, but I mean, Scott, you look at the this schedule: Rice, Stanford, Fresno State, Oregon State, Arizona State, Washington State. That's their opening six games. There's not a loss in there. Maybe argue Stanford could catch them as it's a road game, but USC's better than all those teams. They've improved a lot. They're going to be six and zero going into that battle with Utah on the fifteenth and. Uh, the game I'm looking forward to because if this if this USC team is as good as people think they can be, and we're looking at a team who's at ten eleven wins, final game of the year, Thanksgiving weekend, they play Notre Dame. Thank you very much. I will take a I will take two, please. Uh, give me the-
0: at number eleven the NC State Wolfpack. Uh, this is the team I tell you to watch to. out for. I will be there on October first when they play Clemson. I think the whole season rides on
1: that moment. Yeah, I mean, senior quarterback and Devin Leary, um, the eight is an enigma. Uh not uh you know, you look at their schedule, you know, you're 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 talking about you know, these ACC teams having two big games. And for NC State, it's at Clemson. I mean, having to go to Death Valley and win a game in October. I mean, Scott, I haven't gotten a chance to be there. You've gotten to be there a lot. Uh, is, is there a place uh, that, you know, by the way, they could certainly flex that to a 330 night game, something like that. Is there a place you want to go less than go and have to Death Valley?
0: I mean, the record seeks for itself. <laughs> uh, right. It's been one of the toughest places to play. The thing for NC State is they had Clemson beat a year ago. I mean, had them dead to rights. Uh, missed some field goals. You know, they kind of messed around and let Clemson back in the ball game. Um, this is a team that is certainly going to be fighting for not only an AC but a trip to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we know in the ACC, for these last decade, you have to go through Clemson. So that game on the road you mentioned, I think yeah. that's everything. It's going to be a fun game. I'll, I'll, At number 10, we're getting to the top 10. Yeah, that that's going to be a great one. Um, Baylor makes it into the top 10. We're going through ESPN's power rankings because we think the AP and whatever rankings are mostly just – for television rights at the beginning, so they can put a number beside their name. Um, Baylor, I think, is the team to beat in the conference in the Big Twelve. Um, it's between them and Oklahoma who's coming up next. Uh, I just, I, I really like the way the schedule uh, lines up there for Baylor. They were twelve and two a year ago. I put all this uh, allegations and stuff kind of behind them. Um, kind of rebranded themselves and come back the same way. Um, they got a lot of veteran uh, talent on this team, and Craig Swirl Williams is worth the price of a mission. If you haven't seen uh, a Baylor game, uh, he's worth coming out here to watch the five foot eight guy, around who might be one of the maybe the most electric player in all of the NFL. I'm um, excuse me, all of college football. Soon to be the NFL
1: uh, yeah uh, yeah I mean for Williams it's a big like can he stay healthy uh, devastating yeah. knee injuries the last couple of years um, but man, this Baylor team is exciting. Um, they do have to go to Norman this year in November uh, they uh, get the, the pokes at home uh, on big 12 football's fun man I, I love it they get BYU early and let's not sh- let's not discount the fact, Scott that they open up. With a home game against the always dangerous Albany Great Danes, I mean, come on, man, that could be a game <laughs> that uh, could make Albany season.
0: I think I called a soccer game with Albany in it one time. Uh, it was like five or six years ago. What a great mascot! Um, but yeah, B- uh, Baylor in Oklahoma, right? Uh, you know A lot of people are pointing to that October first game that you were talking about against. But I think going to Norman, and that's our number nine team, the Oklahoma Sooners, who were eleven and two last year uh it's uh it's going to be interesting to see what Brent Venables uh yeah. does with this team obviously a huge loss for Clemson uh to not have Venables as the head as the uh, defensive coordinator now the head man going back to Oklahoma um interactions going on there. I, I don't ever like to jump into that off the field stuff. You know how I am. I try to keep it off the field as most as we can. Um, there's plenty of stuff that's covering some of that stuff that's going out there um, with um, Kale Gundy and all that stuff. But this is uh, this is an Oklahoma team that is it's, it's, it's between them and Baylor, right? And, and maybe Texas becomes a factor at some point um i I treat them most like Southern Cal like see it uh, yeah Oklahoma Sooners are the team to beat in the conference, even though I think Baylor's gonna win it
1: yeah, I mean listen uh, if you're gonna lose a guy as high caliber as Lincoln Riley replacing with Brett Venables is a pretty good replacement um a guy who i mean to say he did a good job with the clubs and defense is an understatement um turn them turn turn just churned out first round picks um but yeah oklahoma um they've got. Dylan Gabriel under center um, in his set. Um, he's got a pretty good receiving core out there. Um, yeah, this team, it's, it's just going to come down to a couple games uh, in the Big 12. Um, obviously, Red River rivalry, always a tough game. They get Baylor in November, but at home, they also get Oklahoma State at home. And those are the only two ranked teams on their schedule. Um, the schedule, at least, Scott, pans out right now for Oklahoma State to run the table, but that game against Baylor in November, with possibly the Big Twelve on the line, I will have a bucket of popcorn.
0: Oklahoma State or Oklahoma?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I I think Oklahoma is the better team. I do. I, yeah, I do. I okay. think Oklahoma is the better team. But you know, you know how it is in college football. Rivalry games are a different animal.
0: Uh, let's jump on to number eight. It's the Michigan Wolverines. I know you're going to have a lot to say about them, but I'll start it off with uh, how do you bounce back from some of the guys you lost on defense? I mean, just Jabo, Hill, Russ, uh, Ross, like um, one of the best defenses in all of college football that we saw a year ago. And I know they're going to have a next man up mentality because uh, they've had some good recruiting classes for, for years, but those are huge losses on the defensive side of the ball in a conference that you have to play great defense, that you have to be – you're going to get left behind.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, you talk about losing to Jabo and Hutchinson, their top two sack getters last year. They also lose their top running back in Hassan Haskins, who's a, a workhorse for them. They've got a capable backup at Blake Quorum, um, who did who did especially some nice work against Ohio State, even though I, I – Yeah, he nearly had
0: 1,000 yards as the backup. Yeah.
1: Yeah he's 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 really good. Listen, this team um always going to have around them because big big Jimmy James Harbaugh doesn't like naming quarterbacks they've got J.J. McCarthy and they've got Cade McNamara Cade Cade McNamara the more traditional quarterback the safer quarterback um, the pocket passer J.J. McCarthy got started to use as that gadget quarterback the Taysom Hill type he's a mobile guy he's electric who will get more of the reps this year you got to think Cade Cunningham's coming in with the lead um, at at the starting position Um, in Michigan tradition they scheduled absolutely nobody in the preseason so that's pretty cool not that Hawaii isn't a fun game they're not going to play anybody until they get uh, to October. Um, they get Penn State and Michigan State at home. That is good for them. Um, but this year, they get to go to the Horseshoe, final game of the year, as always, noon kickoff. You'd love to see it. And they're going to be going up against Ohio State team who just lost for the first time to Michigan in 11 years. Buckle up, <laughs> Jimmy James Harbaugh, who had a, sure had a lot to say after the game last year about people being born on third base. Uh, get ready for Ohio State to be motivated and not over.
0: This year. Uh no, because I think the entire conference is on the line. Uh, yes. they're on November twenty sixth in the it, it, As it should be. It should be that way. As it usually is. is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at number seven, ESPN power rankings have the Texas AM Aggies. Um, a team that was eight and four a year ago, but they finished the season unranked. They were terrible the passing game their offense was like 70th in the country their defense was amazing i, I really like watching like the old wrecking crew style of texas a&m kind of come back under jimbo fisher but jimbo fisher is supposed to be the offensive genius um add in um kind of that recruiting class this year i don't want to get into the offseason off the field stuff because it always seems to be going on down there in texas but they need some of these guys that have been waiting their turn or just stepping on campus to make a huge impact.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is—they brought in the number one recruiting class, and, and while that is always a great stat to see, you got to prove it on the field, and you got to do it in the SEC, which is tough. Um, they get their quarterback back, Haynes King, uh, out season-ending injury in like the second game last year, um, and the, and that really set that offense back, um, but. They're going to get thrown into the fire. They start off Sam Houston State and App State, and then they've got home game, the Hurricanes, and then they play neutral site game against Arkansas. They get Alabama two weeks later. They get Ole Miss two weeks later. That is one, two, three, four ranked games, uh, not to mention, you know, their last four games, Florida, Auburn, and LSU are in those last four games, which you know one of them is going to sneak up into the top 25 um, and make a little bit of noise. Uh, buckle up. Um, it'll be fun to see what Haynes King has. He's a burner. He's a dual threat guy. Um, It'll be fun to see who of this number one recruiting class makes some plays and and starting lineup and can make an impact. Um, Scott, I mean, you're a guy who got to watch Jimbo at Florida State. Oh, yeah. Where does he rank in your in the in the pantheon <laughs> of college football coaches? Is this guy a top five coach? Because I've always sort of thought Jimbo Fisher was one of those guys who was a great recruiter, but when it came down to game planning, he was not as good as as his counterparts.
0: One of the best coordinators of all time, um, certainly the success they had with him and Bobby Bowden, and you know he was the longtime successor. I, I just always felt like. Especially during the game, that he always got outcoached. That there was always uh-huh. just some bonehead decision that he made that usually cost his team the game. Um, so I, I'm not high on Jimbo Fisher. Certainly, Texas A&M is at least the uh, the, the, the committee or regency there. Um, uh, one of the top in in the plan on the planet, to be honest. Uh, uh-huh. But for Texas A&M and for Jimbo Fisher. It's all about beating Alabama every year. If, if you can't do that, and soon you try to escape from Texas, but I guess you couldn't. Uh, soon it's going to be Texas again. Uh, it's going to be a, a big factor game. But everybody in the SEC West circles that game against Alabama because they know if you have playoff aspirations, if you have SEC title aspirations, team from Bama. And, and it's not just a stigma. It, it is. Um, and i don't think alabama can beat nfl teams I, I still don't ever buy into that but they are the they are the darling of college football and you, and you have yeah. to go through them they they are the evil empire uh, even though i think jimbo fisher's part of the evil, evil empire as well he's, he's but, just not he's just not likable unless he's your coach
1: yeah well i mean he's got that's that's a very nick saban-esque attitude of like you love mm-hmm. the guy when he's coaching for you but nobody else and let's not forget, and this is where I always the fascinating thing about that Alabama-Texas A&M game. This year, this game's in in Bryant-Denny Stadium. They have to go to Alabama to win this game. It's wild to me that when the game is at, at Kyle Field, it's usually Alabama minus four and a half. It goes to Alabama, it's Alabama minus 17 and a half. I'm like, good Lord, like, the 12th man makes that much of a difference.
0: I'm looking forward to seeing Hayes uh, Hayes King play – um, one of the fastest guy, one of the, the fastest quarterback in college football, uh, banged up last year early in the season. So hopefully, uh, he could stay on the field because I think those kind of players are really good for college football at number six, Ooh, the Utah youths
1: oh, had a Rose bowl. They would love to forget. Nick Jack, Jackson Smith and Jigba's Jersey is hanging at Utah Stadium. 347 <laughs> yards. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, that, that, that secondary got up, torn up as bad as Eli Apple did in the Super Bowl. Um, but this is a team that returns. Uh, this is a team that's going to compete in the Pac 12. Um, and, you know, a, a team that proved that they belonged. Uh, uh, for most of last year, they don't play USC till the middle of October. They play Oregon second to last game. They do have to go to Eugene. So, circle your calendars November nineteenth. That's going to be a fun late night Pac twelve game in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, Utah taking on Oregon, which I think might be for the Pac twelve. Um, so, is a, a fun team, a good, solid coaching staff, and, and a team that that Scott has sort of taken. I'm trying to think who's a good comparison because they're not in like the Boise State category of like mid-major team. Like, this is a team that sort of has – was in that area, moved into the Pac-12, and has really played their way into being a perennial top 15 team with the way that –
0: Yeah, they've beaten up on the USC's and UCLA's, and um, they've done a really good job on that southern side. Uh, Speaking of USC, I mean, that's the team they got to beat, October 15th. We already talked about Southern Cal making a resurgence, at least uh, on paper. Um, but you can't leave Cam Rising out there to sort of hang out to try. He's sort of like the Baker Mayfield, uh, run around, try to make a play happen. Um, but that's secondary. They got something to prove. I mean, if, if you were on that field a year ago, uh, you got a bad taste in your mouth. So that opening game versus Florida um, is going to be one of the best games to watch. So, um, yeah. and I I, 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 look for Florida, maybe win that game. It's crazy as that sounds.
1: That's weird. Uh, that's weird. But Hey, uh,
0: it's it's out out. Florida.
1: especially, especially opening week games, like those are always the ones yeah. like those, those first couple games, a lot of freshmen playing a lot of new pieces. It, it's, it's not easy. It's why it's why it does bother me when teams don't schedule real opponents in those first couple weeks. And I understand that these schedules are made, you know, 10 years ago. So like, I remember like at one point, like I think <laughs> Ohio state had Washington scheduled in the first couple of games, of like 2018. And it was scheduled back in 2008 when Washington was a top 10 team. And then they just ended yeah. up falling off. I understand that happens, but like, you know, it, it's, it's, you, you should be rewarding teams more for that as opposed to the, the, the cupcakes early. And then you add in the sec tradition of Alabama plays Sam, the second to last game of the year before they play Auburn. Like, what do we do? Like, let's let's just fuck hey, Like that that keeps the the
0: SoCon Sanford Bulldogs not confused with Stanford. Sanford. Sanford. <laughs> that makes uh that makes their entire athletic budget Facts. in that one game. Um, yeah, I look for Florida to have an upset. Um, and, and before we get into the top five here, and we and, and that's why. I'm playing Florida, I mean, is there a place in the Pac-12 that you don't want to play? Because I've been to a few of the stadiums out there. I went to the big game. Um, It's just – it doesn't rival uh, going to a game at Georgia or Clemson or Alabama or Tennessee. Um, You can even move up to Penn State, Ohio. It just doesn't – it doesn't rival any of that.
1: You no, know, i i mean you maybe could make an argument in their heyday going to eugene was a, was a rocky yeah. place but like the usc i even in the in the heyday of usc the mid-2000s i don't think usc was a particularly tough place to play it's a big stadium it's open it's not particularly loud i've been
0: to a southern game man it, it's not rocking it's not it, no. it feels like an nfl game so yeah and i'm like, talking not
1: like a it's not Seattle. It's not no. Arrowhead. It's, it's, no. you know, Cleveland Brown stadium. Like it's cool, I guess. So yeah, it's, I, I just, yeah. you know, I went to an Arizona state game last year and like, uh, first of all, I will always have a soft spot in my heart for college football games. Cause I think the pageantry and the bands and all that stuff, it, it is great atmosphere and Arizona state put on a great show, but you, you were at a library, like there just wasn't a lot of noise. And this was an nope. Arizona state team that was decent last year with a good quarterback and like, uh, more talking to each other than talking about the game. I don't know. It was, it was weird. And they were playing Stanford. It was a Stanford night game, and nobody was getting up for this. I mean, we moved
0: to Texas, and I had Cowboys season tickets when they were winning Super Bowls back in the early '90s. And I was, and, and Clemson wasn't very good in, the, in those years, but a six and six Clemson team was way more exciting at game atmosphere than a Super Bowl winning uh, Cowboys, Cowboys yeah. team. Five Notre Dame Fighting Irish, eleven and two. <laughs> Their schedule sets up uh, for them to be the number one team. If they can, they can, and they can take a blemish. Um, I think they've started to finally get it of, man, we really got to load up this schedule um, to give us a chance to maybe lose a game or two and still be in the conversation. Uh, In the past, it's been, okay, they got to win all their games. They play Ohio state and they play Clemson. What more do you want Stanford? Boston College is not an easy team to play, Um, but in comparison with uh, Clemson, Ohio State, and Southern Cal, this is a heck of a year for NBC to be showing a lot of these games.
1: By the way, did you hear the the pairing for the NBC Notre Dame games, their broadcast team? Uh, Yeah, but it wasn't memorable. Jack Collinsworth, Chris Collinsworth, kid, and Jason Garrett. Oh, yep. boy. NBC for those games. Thank you very much. Now here's That is a move. tuna salad sandwich
0: on, on a menu. <laughs> you know what and I it's mean? A subway it's like,
1: tuna salad sandwich. It might be okay.
0: <laughs> and it's probably, but, a, it'll be all right, but yeah. when you're looking at the big menu. That's not the one I'm picking. No, no, no.
1: Um, yeah. First year coach, uh, no more Brian Kelly, uh, at Notre Dame. They bring in Market and Marcus Freeman gets to open up his coaching career for the Golden <laughs> Domers against his alma mater at Ohio State. I mean, I'm going to be in London for that game, and so I'm going to get to a 7.30 Eastern. I'm going to have to find somewhere to watch it at 2.30 in the morning in yeah. London. That's going to be awesome. Um, yeah, this schedule is they go to Ohio State. They go to USC to end the year. Those are some bookings. In the middle they get a home game against clemson in november so a clemson team that has you know played you know eight nine games together and has a rhythm um they get byu as well stanford at home um at syracuse i don't know why it always seems like that syracuse game for notre dame is just not an easy one it always seems like that's a 23 19 game at the carrier dome um but yeah this is a team that uh, even with a blemish, let's say you drop a game to Ohio State or drop a game to Clemson, you'll still end up with two ranked wins. You'll still end up maybe three. You could see a team like North Carolina, a team like um, uh, like uh, Stanford pop up into the top 25. If they play a close game and they lose to an Ohio State in the first game or they lose a final game to USC, this is still a team that's primed for a, uh, a college football playoff berth. Um, it's all gonna I be think if they're going to lose the game,
0: a game, it's got to be the Buckeyes. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, I if, let's remember, I think if they lose, the starting a new late, quarterback. that's going to keep them out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Tyler... Bushner,
1: right? Yeah. That is who they're expecting. Again, last year they were starting Jack Cohn, Wisconsin. Is it Bushner or, or, Buckner or Buckner? Buckner. Bruce Buckner. Buckner yeah. to, I don't know. Um, Tyler Buckner, you know, I think. They've got a couple guys fighting for that job, but I think most are expecting it to be Buckner. Um, but it's gonna be your first game is on the road in the horseshoe. Um good luck. Bad luck, actually. I don't know how to say bad luck. Oh, good four picks.
0: <laughs> That's good for college football though. That are really good for college football. Um yeah. Clemson open up they're they're at number four here. They open up against a rival Georgia Tech, who is a long time away from the triple option. it's a different team. Paul
1: Paul Johnson? Was that, Was that the Georgia yeah, Tech? Yeah, Paul coach Johnson.
0: Hey, I mean, yeah, um, and um, when when you talk about um, Brent Venables, I took Paul Johnson out of college football. Uh, yeah, no kidding. He he uh, he dismantled uh, Paul Johnson. The question is, and everyone was asking all last year, the real DJ ungale like, where yeah. where are you now? You bring in some um, like really top quarterback recruits that are coming in there that are going to be pushing them. That that wasn't there a year ago. Uh, you had some guys transfer out. He's going to have to come in with a different mindset. A lot of people were talking about maybe he was hurt for most of the season. Uh, you noticed like he never wanted to run the football for a guy that's just absolutely huge uh, that should be running the football. Um, somehow that the back end of the season – um They kind of turned things around. Um uh, Worth mentioning, too, DJ also slimmed down a little bit to be a little bit more mo- mo- mobile and agile. Um He, he maybe came in uh, a bit too heavy last year. Somehow they got to 10 wins. No how, Nick. I mean, I watched every game. I was at a lot of the games. And th- this was like a six-win team that all of a sudden won 10 games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, DJ Ungulay is 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 an enigma and we're going to find out exactly who who he is and and what he is made of. He certainly has the arm talent and the the build to be great. Um and he has one of the great quarterback whispers in Dabo Swinney to develop him. So Um, This season, it it is going to come down to a couple games. um, And I think the biggest one, you talked about NC State, October 1st at home. That's a must-win game for Clemson. Um, And then um, you talk about at Notre Dame in November. And then you get Miami, second-to-last game at home. Your two toughest ACC games you get at home. That's going to benefit DJ. Um, You know Dabble's going to have his team ready. And and I think maybe – I mean, listen, I know he's won – titles and he's developed great players But scott i feel like getting nine wins 10 wins out of that team last year might be one of his better coaching jobs with how much how many injuries they had last year and how poorly dj was playing to get that many wins out of them might be davos when best job uh,
0: and i think you saw that tony elliott and brent venables who both you know went on to uh, which every big program you're going to have your I'm surprised that Brent Venable stayed at Clemson for that long. I think a lot of it was doing because his kids were out there on the field. Um, and he was just kind of content. He was just waiting on that job. Uh, you know, and that dream job happened to be OU that he never thought would open back up anytime soon uh, with the way Lincoln Riley was. Let's move on to number three here. Uh, we've been hanging out here in Twitter spaces for about an hour. Uh, something that we're trying to do and trying something new. The national champions from a year ago the Georgia Bulldogs. And for some reason, I still can't take Stetson Bennett seriously. And I don't know why I can't. He's likable. I'm rooting for him. Uh But it's like uh, that factor of Stetson Bennett and then all that they lost to the draft. And I'm talking mm-hmm. a ton. And I think that's why you saw players like George Pickens go ahead and jump. Um mm-hmm because you knew there was really no reason to come back. This was like the um, – this was going to be the I – mean, it was a 40-year wait. Let's just put it that yeah. way. And it might be – I'm not saying it might be another 40 years, but it ain't going to be this year.
1: Yeah, I, I am not as big on Georgia as as preseason polls have him, as SEC fans have him. Listen, Stetson Bennett is fine. He's got the name of a kid who grew up – as a parents yacht. I love that. Um <laughs> You talk about the names they lost from last year. Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean, Quay Walker. I mean, this was a loaded defense that wasn't uh, full of... I mean, it was. they set the record for most defensive players taken in the first round. I mean, this team was stellar last year. And I just don't know if you can go out and do it again. They've got a great coach, Kirby Smart. I like Kirby Smart. I was good to see him finally get the national title win, but... You look at their schedule, they open up uh, against Oregon. Um, They get a nice break where there's not a whole lot of challenges, and they avoid Alabama. They play Kentucky as their other ranked team. I mean, this to me screams a year where they could very possibly, and I think they do, drop the game to Oregon early. They win the rest of them. And you're looking at a team that maybe goes to an SEC championship. And – gets the brakes beaten off them by Alabama. I mean, Alabama is far and away the best team in the SEC, and they would beat Georgia by 30. I I would take them to cover any spread. Um, I'm just not as big of this. I I think Setsman is cool. I just don't know how this defense recovers.
0: The next two teams are the teams that, if everything goes the way it should go, is the teams we'll see in the national title because these are the two most talented teams. um of course, Alabama's had a little better run than your boys at, o- at Ohio State. That's probably the reason why Ohio State is at number two. They were 11-2 and two a year ago. You mentioned that loss to Michigan. Yeah. You got to circle that one on the calendar. But this game against the Irish on September 3rd, and I know we're going to be talking a lot more about this game, getting in depth, uh, really in the trenches, because um, it's probably the most intriguing game of kind of the opening weekend of college football. Uh, If you can get past care of business the rest of the way and finally face Michigan and get a little revenge, uh, the sky is the limit for the Buckeyes this year. But it seems like we almost say that every year.
1: Yeah, you know, listen, this Ohio State team, there's a lot coming back. Um, There's also a couple unknowns. Um, They bring back C.J. Stroud for a second year, who early on, remember Ohio State lost that game to Oregon early in that year, and C.J. Stroud was not good the first two to three games out CJ for a game early on, said he had a shoulder injury, and then after that, after he got held after that game, he was a different player. They do lose a lot of talent. Don't forget they had Chris Olave, they had Garrett Wilson, but they bring back Jackson Smith and is gonna be his number one. Um, you look out for a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. who showed out in the Rose Bowl had two touchdowns. Marvin Harrison's son. Um, there's gonna be a lot of talent, obviously Ohio State with Brian Hartline. They spit out wide receivers to the NFL. Um, the big thing for them Scott that defense was out, resided outside the top seven at defense. Um, and they made up for it with how good they were offensively, but this was a big move for them, bringing in Jim Knowles to reform this defense, um, finally telling Greg Schiano to go away, telling all their, <laughs> all these bad defensive coordinators they've had over the last couple of years. Like ever since Tom Herman left, uh, the coordinators have been in and out so quickly. It's hard to tell who's good. Um, but that notre dame game is going to be massive early year but you know you got to expect that you know that chemistry and let's not forget they are also bringing back guy named travion henderson at halfback who was electric last year a dark horse heisman trophy candidate even though we only give it to quarterbacks these days travion henderson is an absolute beast notre dame this is the weird rotation for ohio state schedule they get michigan at home to end the year but they have to and they have to go to Penn State. And I know Penn State is probably primed for a down year, but going to Happy Valley sucks. And you know they're going to make that a night game, and it's going to make my life sad because it's always (laughs) hard at the White House in Happy Valley. Um, But, you know, get past Notre Dame. You get Wisconsin at home early. Um, I think that's going to be a fun game. Um, There's some potential
0: speed Say along the way, especially yeah. that run of Michigan State, Iowa, Penn State. I mean, uh, especially Iowa, Iowa and Penn, Penn State back to back is pretty physical.
1: I was one of those teams that yeah, those corn fed boys uh, from Iowa. They they beat up on you. Big offensive linemen. It's it's never fun playing Kirk Ferentz teams. Um, you also got like, and again, another team that's interesting at Notre, at Northwestern on the fifth. Uh, playing in a stadium that has slightly more people than I'm high school, but, um, you know, (laughs) teams with Pat Fitzgerald that always finds a way to be scrappy. There's some speed bumps out here, but Scott, no doubt the talent that Ohio state brings back this year, um, your high, not only should your national championship race be these two teams, your Heisman trophy race very well, maybe between CJ Stroud and Bryce Young.
0: Well, let's get to the top here and uh, surprise, surprise. The Alabama team hum tied.
1: Ho-hum, another Alabama team. Ho-hum.
0: Uh, they... <laughs> you know, that's the only that, news. That makes the is...
1: Saban mad. He doesn't like that.
0: Yeah. No, they didn't. They did win the title. Uh, they got all kind of players from the transfer portal like mm-hmm. they needed. Uh, mm-hmm. They have great recruiting classes, and then just whatever they need, they almost like post it up on a job board somewhere and say, hey, can we get uh, – we need, like, an all-American cornerback. Uh, you know, can we get someone? You know, can we pull some people from Georgia Tech and Georgia and all this, like, come on now. Like, you really need it. Uh, the reaching thing reaching for shop. Alabama is they're everyone's Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Ohio State's certainly the same way. But I think with Alabama, you know, they have a target on their back each and every week out.
1: Um, Which yeah, is then. why it's tough for that team to go through the SEC unblemished, because everyone gets up for the Alabama game. Whether you're Texas A&M, whether whoever you are, you know you're going to be getting up for for that game. Um, but you look. Again, much like Ohio State, they did lose players. James Williams, no longer there. Um, they lost some defensive pieces. This is a team that had NFL-caliber players. so they leave. But they bring back their quarterback, Bryce Young, which you know, Scott, at the college level, being able to bring back a quarterback who, you know, won a Heisman Trophy last year. Um, that's a benefit. And, you know, you look at their schedule. They get Texas on the road early. That's going to be a fun game. Um, they get A&M Arkansas back-to-back, but they get A&M at home. Auburn to finish the year. And, Scott, the game to look out for, they go to Death Valley to play LSU. LSU bringing a transfer from ASU in Jane Daniels, who was very good for the Sun Devils last year. Now he's going to uh, LSU – a team that's had a couple down years is looking tough. to bounce back since the Joe Burrows uh, left and that, that amazing class. Look out for that game as a possible speed bump. Obviously, AM at home. Um, going to Arkansas, you know that's going to be a fun one. Um, and the other one that uh, is, is at Old Miss on the 12th, they go LSU Old Miss back to back. It's not, it never is in the SEC, but Scott, this team is so talented. Uh, it, do you think there is a game on this schedule? that they're gonna be favored by less than double digits. I mean, I don't see it.
0: You're talking about um what about uh Texas AM? I think that's the game.
1: I I I think that game You got Saban basically
0: saying that that uh you know that the Aggies bought their number one recruiting class with NIC I mean, I I think it's uh, they might get up for it. Yeah,
1: I don't know that game's at home though. It always seems like whatever a And M goes to Alabama, it spreads like ten and a half. It's like yeah, they get beat by
0: forty, and then they yeah. uh, win by three uh, at Kyle at Kyle Field. Field.
1: Right. Um, I, I thought it was interesting. A guy who I, I don't know what's your opinion of him, but um, Paul Feinbaum, who I am not the biggest fan of because Me he loves the <laughs> SEC. Uh, he loves sure, it. and he loves so, Alabama. And loves Alabama. But, you know, it was interesting. He was saying, you know, there are many years. a Playoff is a four-team race. There are many years where expansion would bring interesting teams into the fold. And, you know, you could see a team that's six or seven make a run at it. He goes, this year, this is a two-team race. Ohio State and Alabama are just that much better than everybody else. Um, which scares me because that's usually the time that Ohio State lets me down. So, I can't wait for college football season.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be a great year. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if you see somebody kind of come out of nowhere and get hot. Um, you know, A and M could be the same thing to say it, but Michigan could uh-huh. be that kind of team. Um, mm-hmm. You know, NC State could, could, could be a tough team to beat. Um, but when you look at it on paper, it, it's it's Ohio State and Alabama. Uh, certainly, right now they just got to go through their gauntlets. You got to see what happens. I mean, injuries and college football can change your whole season at the drop of a hat.
1: I mean, again, I'll say this. The one team I'm interested to watch for sure is Michigan. This is the first time that Jim Harbaugh's expectations where they actually have proof behind it that they can be decent. Um, This is no longer just a hope that the prodigal son will do something. They went to the college football playoff last year. They got worked much like every other Big Ten team has done other than Ohio State the year they won the national title. Like, they got worked by the SEC team they played. But um, he's now proven it, and now there's no more of that Michigan was good 20 years ago, but they're not anymore. They now have a target on their backs, and teams are going to be – can Jim Harbaugh find a way to get his team motivated where they are no longer that team that's just going into the Ohio State game as, I hope we can sneak one away from them. I hope we can make a play, but nobody's expecting us to win – now they're expecting performance, and it is much harder to win as a team with expectations than it is for a team who's playing with nothing to lose. Final question for you. We'll get out of here.
0: It's been a fun Twitter space. We've seen a lot of new faces drop by and hang out with us. And, of course, you can listen to this entire discussion of the preseason top 25 out on our podcast. Just search for Scott Cole and Nick Mazesco on wherever you listen to a podcast. Ohio State losing Evan Pryor, how big is that for their like championship hopes?
1: Uh, listen, Evan Pryor looked good in in uh, in spring game. He's certainly a talent. You never like to see a player get um, get injured. I will say this: Pryor was third on the running back depth chart. It's going to be Trayvon Henderson and Mayan Williams one and two. You know that um, Ryan Day likes mixing in the running backs. Pryor was going to be an electric player that they could use gadget wise, but
0: be a home run hitter kind of guy where uh-oh here comes this guy in with fresh legs yeah, <laughs> you know in the uh, third and fourth quarter
1: and that hurts him for sure but i'll say this Trayvon henderson is stellar mayan williams ha- is really really good um for this ohio state team especially up front their running backs are are products of a great offensive line uh whoever comes in and slots in as that third running back is going to have a shot to break one off uh, you hate seeing a guy like that get hurt but i would say from an ohio state perspective losing a guy who was, you know, probably looking at less than seven carries a game, unless they're playing Akron, in which case he's um, – I don't think anybody's panicking over there. I, they, these these rosters are so deep. Uh, it felt
0: like deal. that if you're going to lose someone, that was the position that you yeah. had some flexibility. 100%. 100%. Well, uh, hopefully uh, with um, Notre Dame's um, four global reach – there will be an irish pub somewhere in london yes and, please uh and you might be you you might be among the uh, uh the irish faithful and you might want to wear just a black polo or something like that <laughs> and, and cheer to yourself in the corner at 2 a.m.
1: Uh, around mm, yes. drunk- mighty mighty good touchdown oh uh <laughs> oh yes yes okay i got to go now bye guys <laughs> uh well, I can't
0: wait to talk some more college football, talk some NFL. We're getting real close on that. I think next time we get together, we'll be talking about the AFC East. We were going to try to get to that today, but we we're having so much fun talking college football. We'll save it for next time. Uh, what a division it is going to be in the NFL when you talk about um, the Chargers, the Broncos, and everything you had going on, the Raiders and Chiefs. you can't forget about them and all of the moves they have made. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun to talk about next time. Um,
1: always good to hang out with you, Nick. Always a pleasure, man. Have a have a, have a great one. Appreciate everyone tuning in, and uh, uh, just this is such a good time to be a sports fan. I'm so excited. 100 percent agree. If everybody go out there and subscribe to Oliver, uh, hit that follow button, all that
0: fun stuff. Um, we enjoyed just uh, chatting with you, and hopefully, we'll be bringing on some some guests and uh, some heavy hitters as we move on, and. Um, Twitter space. This is our first Twitter space ever. So, Godspeed. God bless. We'll see y'all football fans soon.